0: Shalom aleichem, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday's timely Torah talks. Tonight we have with us a very, very special guest, a very dear friend of Chazak, a man that does so much for Klai's or for the Jewish people, Rabbi Benzion Klatsko. Rabbi, welcome. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Baruch Hashem. Thank you so much. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Chazdei
0: Hashem. Always a pleasure. Always an honor to have Rabbi Klatsko part of the program, part of Chazak, spreading so much Torah. But before we start with tonight's topic, which is the hidden thread subtle assimilation. Rabbi, could you maybe tell our audience the great work you're involved with, a little bit of background about yourself, and all the... I, I, I could go on and on with Shabbat.com, and the Rabbi's involved with the Olamin College campuses, and but may, may, maybe we could
1: hear from the Rabbi himself. Okay, great. Well, everyone is just one little piece in a big machine, so I, I'll tell you my piece, but we're Baruch Hashem, a lot of people doing fantastic work. Uh, so I work for Olamin, I go from campus to campus uh, training in the Rabbanim and how to do outreach. Hmm. So a campus could have four or 5,000 students and they hire a rabbi, but the rabbi can get very hard questions to to answer. And he may not be equipped because he may have grown up in a yeshiva environment where those questions were more of a given. So to speak out the answers to those questions, perhaps help him uh, meet students. So that's my, my day job as I go from campus to campus. A few times a year, I go to Eretz Yisrael with a group of students on a trip called the Akiva trip. And we try to inspire them to learn about Torah and Yiddishkeit. And then at home, we invite a lot of people for Shabbos each week. We have 60, 70, 80 people each week. And we have a website called Shabbat, Shabbat.com. Shabbat.com. And Shabbat.com is in 212 countries. Uh, and it is a way for people to find a place for Shabbos, a way for people to find a, a Jewish match, a Jewish Shaduk. and you can find jobs and Khavrutot and uh, anything that a Jewish network should have, we try to incorporate. And the good news for the listening audience, after two and two and a half years, uh, this week we should be coming out with a brand new version Worked, worked on it for about two and a half years and you're wow. going to be able to reach any Jew anywhere and give them chizuk. Amazing, Rabbi Klotzko.
0: <coughs> Yag the Torah continues spreading the light. Man. I know countless amounts of people that have uh, been inspired through the Rabbi's works. Uh, our J-Wave Teens division has been by the Rabbi's house for Shabbat and they tell me how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, just continuing to, to you the rabbit and the whole Mishpacha. So uh, jumping into tonight's topic, uh, like was mentioned, the hidden threat, subtle assimilation. We know that we live in America. In Baruch Hashem, it's Medina Shel Chesed, where we have, you know, religious freedom. Uh, I always like to say that uh, it's (coughs) freedom of religion, not freedom from religion, right? Anyways, and, uh, you know, in America, we are protected by laws that ensure religious freedoms. Rabbi Klatzko Schlita. What is the difference between overt assimilation and covert assimilation?
1: Great question, great question. So, overt assimilation means assimilating. A person says, you know what? I want to dress like a a Jew, like a non-Jew. I want to talk like a non-Jew, I want to eat what a non-Jew eats. I would like to marry whoever I would like. I want to assimilate into the background of a society. <clears throat> That's a very scary step. That's a very abrupt change in their life. And then uh, the person then, unfortunately, uh, would very quickly be lost to Klal Yisrael. Uh, Maybe they have children, maybe some uh, carver or an organization like Chazak will rediscover them and bring them close. But they're in very, very dangerous territory because they have overtly, uh, outwardly assimilated into the non-Jewish world. Uh, covertly or subtle assimilation happens when we remain Jews on the outside. We'll wear a kippah, you know, perhaps we'll put on tefillin. We'll have all the outward trappings, but certain uh, aspects of non-Jewish life and non-Jewish thought had begun to permeate our existence. And that's when things become very scary. I'll give you an example uh, I've seen people who look religious, perhaps they consider themselves religious. they keep Shabbat, but they begin to listening listen to non jewish music mm. Now think about the power of music. think about the power of a non jewish person, especially somebody. Uh, like many in the musical industry that are what we would call mushchasim, which means they have decrepit midot. They are um, they are people uh, of tremendous ego, uh, very hedonistic, very egocentric. And I listen to their their music, and a lot of music can be very touching, and they'll sing it with all sorts of feeling. And in in Judaism. It's never just about the piyut, or the music, or the book. It's always about who wrote that book. What were their ashkavot? Because their ashkavot then become part of the book. My way of life, the way I live my life, becomes part of my music. So here I am, and I'm happily listening to this non-Jewish singer, Forget about kolisha. Forget about listening to women. And forget about watching the uh, music videos, which is 80-90% are based on pritsut. So now we've heard our eyes as well as our ears. But even if we never look at a music video, even if we only listen to men singing, what's the source? Who are they? Where does that come from? It's the source of tum'ah. The values are to me, so I'm listening to them, and before I know it, my attitudes begin to change. I adopt the attitudes of the singer. Music is so powerful, even the Levim had to sing and when they brought a carbon carbon to needed yeah. to be accompanied with music because music brings us close, but close to what. <laughs> Holy music. I'm a Levi. Holy music brings us close to Hashem. Music whose source is tuma, whose source is um, a person, an individual, or a group that uh, that don't care about others and don't care about who they marry or who they abuse or who they sleep with. Right? Those kind that music then becomes part of their mahus, and they're feeding that to you, and you're listening and you don't even know so that's the subtle assimilation and there's many examples that's just music but it's it's everywhere i hear it.
0: okay rabbi so so we know that in hi- history repeats itself if we look back for mere moment back into jewish history what would you say rabbi classical what are the top examples in history of subtle assimilation and what lessons can we learn from them for our generation
1: wow so the assimilation of Jewish people wanting to be uh, let's be like Just all the nations right. of the world, that started all the way back in Mitzrayim. My uh, my daughter is writing a a fictional history story for her class. She has to write a story based on truth, but the story itself is fiction. She's a teacher or a student? No, she's 16 years old. Uh And she was given an assignment. So we were discussing, say, what should she write about? So she wants to write about a a young lady who has a brother and the brother's about to go to a club. Mm -hmm. And you know what the club is? The club are his friends in Mitzrayim who are very upset at Moshe Rabbeinu. Like, why are you starting over the parah let us, oh, and by the way, this is right before Makat <laughs> and, Khoshach. And they're saying, we should stay here. We should belong. We should, you know, let's stop. Let's start changing our names. Let's start changing our levush. Let's be like everyone else. Okay, they're making us work. As Biden says, let's build back better. Can you imagine <laughs> the Egyptians saying, build back better. The Jews, let's build back better. And, and this sister is trying to convince her brother, don't go to this club. These are people who are against Moshiach. He says, "What do you mean? Like four fifths of Klal Yisrael already want to stay? So that's the vast majority." And of course, we know what happened to four fifths of Klal Yisrael by Makas Koshech, because Hashem says, "If you say I want to be back in Mitzrayim." I remember the fish, I remember the garlic, I remember Mitzray, I remember the good times and the plays and the films and the music and the architecture. And that's what happens to Jewish people throughout history. Throughout history. By the second Besan Mikdosh, for example, you had people who were Misyavnim. The Misyavnim, they were Hellenized Jews. But they still kept chabas, they still kept Torah and Mitzvahs, but they were Hellenized. Their music became Greek music, their names became Greek names, their their clothing became Greek, and the Hellen, Hellenized Jews actually are the main enemies. They're the main uh, provocateurs in the story of Hanukkah. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, the Greeks, the Greeks, okay, the Greeks, and eventually took the sides of the Hellenized Jews, but it was the Hellenized Jews, and later on by the Romans, it was sedukim and the baisusim, those who say, "Well, we don't need ourpe, we don't need the rabbis, we can get along, we could do what we want. People had a Brismila, they try to undo their brismila, and then as time went on, many Jews in Spain. Listen, we want to get ahead. We'll become Christian, okay? You know what? We'll, we'll still keep torn as quietly. Those were called Moranos. The Moranos, although they're considered heroic in all the stories and the books, but the truth is, the Moranos were not very passionate people. The regular Jew in Spain was allowed to stay Jewish. As a matter of fact, they were not burnt at the stake. Okay, in the end, all the Jews were expelled. But through much of the history of the Inquisition, it was only Jews who assimilated that the, that the Christian population resented. Like you're Moranos, the word Morano means pig. You're pigs, right? You pretend to be Christian, but you're Jewish. You just want to get ahead in life. And then throughout history, more and more people, more and more movements, in the late 1700s, the early 1800s, the reform movement, let's be like everyone else, the very, the founder of the reform movement was Moses Mendelssohn. Moses Mendelssohn was actually a from Jew all of his life. By all counts, he was even a Talmud Chachem. He wrote a, he wrote a pirush on Chumash that was considered a brilliant pirush, except that the Chacham said, you're not allowed to read it. You know why? Why, why couldn't they read his peerish? What a great Peerish. They wouldn't let him read because he wrote it in fancy German. Mm. And the Chacham said, you know really why, the, the reason that he wrote the Peerish? Because he knew to read his Peerish, you have to learn fancy German. And once you learn fancy German, then you'll have access to all the other German books. Mm. And and some people said to the Chacham, like Rabbi Salanter, Sol what do you mean? How could that really be his intention? Uh, or the Chassam Sofer? How could that be his intention? He, he was just, you know, he wrote a Pierce in German. And then later on in his life, Moses Mendelssohn was moide that the reason he wrote it in advanced German is he wanted to open up enlighten Jews. And what Kurban what came from that? Well, look in America, look at the reform movement and the conservative movement, which became a branch conservative is a branch of the reform movement that's conservative reformism that's why it's called conservative right otherwise orthodox should be called conservatives we're the most conservative right conservative means conservative reformism we want to reform Judaism but we'll do it in little steps we'll do it conservatively and what happened Corbin yep. You go to Canada nine out of every ten Jews intermarry nine out of ten in Canada so history is replete with examples of people who wanted to be like the non-Jews and they either created destruction or they disappeared into oblivion
0: wow oh, very 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 sad and we should uh, you know, learn from our lessons learn from the past and make sure it doesn't happen again so, so Rabbi Klatska, every night in Mariv in Arvid we ask Hashem to protect us from the Satan from in front of us and behind us the Satan behind us could be even more dangerous Because we don't realize that it's there. Uh, What do you believe, Rabbi, are the top ways that we might be adopting the non-Jewish culture that we might not even realize and how can we counteract them? You know, Rabbi mentioned one thing was music before,
1: but maybe other situations. Okay, so the first thing I always have to put into this question is you have to have a Rebbe. You have to have a Gadol that tells you what is and what's not. It's very, very important. If we try to make these judgments ourselves, we will fail. Why? Because we're lay people we have negiot. We have we have uh we have um different biases, we have nice. agendas, and we want to do what we want to do. We want to do uh we, we want to indulge in the latest technology or in the latest music or the latest films, and we want that because it seems as they say in Hebrew, kef. It's so fun! Everyone's <laughs> having fun, so Akhilah, let's go! Everyone, let's Hello. have fun. But we don't, we don't do that. We don't say that. But part of the wisdom, and I think this is very important to know, is that not everything that looks like it's taken from the guy is asur, and not everything that doesn't look like it's taken from the guy is Mutah. and. It takes a wise person to understand what to harp on, like what to scream about, like, oh, this is, this is uh, not okay. And what? Keep your mouth closed. This is the way of the world, and this is going to be okay. This is not going to destroy Judaism. The opposite this is going to allow us to continue to grow. Uh, one of the great examples was Hasidut many years ago. When Hasidut started, um, there were the, those who screamed and yelled. And a history has shown that Hasidim were the vanguards of Judaism. And they kept us, they kept us on the straight and narrow. And uh, there are many, many examples of that. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you a, a, an example. You know, we spoke about Gaisha music. So, what about somebody who hears music and it's very Levitic? It's very Geschmack. And then someone screams, oh, guys, 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 guys. And then they scream and they make a big macha, they make a big protest. Maybe that protest is wrong. Maybe music evolves like it always did. And by you protesting, you, you are alienating yourself and you're cutting off avenues whereby. They'll say, "Okay, if I'm going to listen to guys, I may as well listen to real Gaish stuff." Mm. We have to understand that our das, our knowledge of these things, is very, very, uh, is very biased. So, the the overt things, like we said before, that we know, we we know if a person uh, is over the, the Torah or the spirit of the Torah. So then, that's that's very overt. There's there's no question, and and most of those things, not all of them, but most of them, we can understand. It is the subtle things that we have to understand. What is part of gaiushkeit? What isn't? I'll give you an example of something that is talked about now, and it's a good topic to have. Uh, The the kind of weddings that we have that sometimes are. Ostentatious, they're very <laughs> over the top. Very uh, and, and is that a Jewish thing? Is, is it Jewish to spend a hundred, a hundred and fifty thousand dollars on six hours when there's so much stuck up and this is there's so much that needs to be done and this family has to start a home and people go into debt? Is that borrowing from the values of the Goyim? Uh, another thing. So, you know, so someone, uh, we was I, I did a, a lecture yesterday and we were speaking about greatness and I, we all have greatness inside of us. So the person who was interviewing me, they said, do you mean fame? Like I'm famous. Is that uh, like greatness? Means like everyone heard about me becoming famous. I said, no, that's the opposite. Fame is the goyish version of greatness. The Jewish version of greatness is called ideas. Ideas, how to, how to make sure that every choyle is taken care of and every yosem. We're a people of ideas. In the non-Jewish world, they have a different currency. Their dollar bills are different. Their currency is fame. How do you know you're great? I'm great because the world knows about me. Mm-hmm. And in Judaism, we run away from this. We run away with barech And it's a little bit dangerous because even today, even on shows like this, where everyone knows, oh, Rabbi Klatsko, oh, Rabbi Wallenstein, oh, this, oh, turn You got your stars, your, your speaking stars, like oh, we got we got our stars. So we got our singer stars. We got our guy Elbaz and our Mordechai Shapiro and our Shwaki. Then we got our singing stars. So let's get the let's get the or, or our speaking stars. So let's get all the stars. And and what happens is it's, it's a little bit bizarre, but you'll see. For example, oh, come to our Pesach retreat. And on the Pesach Kachit, you've got your three singing stars and you've got your four speaking stars. And everyone's got their picture in a little circle and like a little glamour around it. Okay. And we become, a, we become a commercial commodity. That's not Torah. That's, what, what makes that Torah? Like, Hey, you know, you're <laughs> a speaking star. The opposite. We have to understand that if Hashem gave us the ability to transmit a message, I thank Hashem. It's not from me. Hashem gave me a certain ability. But I am nothing. There is such a thing as a, a Godel Batora. There is such a thing. <clears throat> excuse me. There is such a thing as a Talmud Chacham. And they are the stars. And we are not the stars. And I don't care that they put us on the Chalamoid flyers. That doesn't make you a star. Uh, okay. Today with, um, with the internet. So we need to advertise. We want people to log into our, our telethon and our this. And everyone should donate money. So I'm going to hear this rabbi. We are not the stars. We are nothing. The, the stars are the gedolim. And by beginning to think that we're anything, we are borrowing from the goyim. We're, we're borrowing from the goyim. We have to understand that. Wow. So, Sorry so if that came off a little strong. Very, very
0: powerful, Rabbi <laughs> Glatzko. So, so Rabbi, let, let, let's jump to the next point where there's an expression, uh, see something, say something. Uh, if we see a trend that is against our Torah values, that is seeping into the Jewish community, what do you suggest? what should be done? what should we do as an individual, as a community, as a call, as, as one, as
1: all? What, what do you suggest, Rabbi Klatska? Okay, so there are times that we are quiet. like there are times that we, we, we don't act like Pentecos, we don't jump, right? Oh because more often than not, we can maybe win the battle, but we'll lose the war. Ah. But with Chachmah, when we analyze what is the threat to our community, we can combat it. Uh, needless to say, I'm not going to get it. There was a show recently on the computer with somebody who went off the derrick and it's a lady and she's promoting it and everyone's talking about it. At that point, with a lot of Chachma, people began putting out their stories. What do you mean? It's good to be a from Jew. It's good to have a wonderful family. It's connected to tournaments. And we battled back. Very often, the from community, we don't know how to do PR for ourselves. We don't know, we don't understand the power of the Sitra Akra, the dark forces that slowly but surely, so they'll make little jokes called tongue-in-cheek, tongue-in-cheek, the rabbis want this, and what they do is they they demote the concept of rabbi, the rabbis. oh, I love my rabbi, rabbi in singular, I love the rabbis, Oh, stay away.
0: Mm-hmm. That's always,
1: it's, it's very sneaky, right? When I say yeshivish. So uh, it's a yeshivish, it's yeshivish. So what am I doing? I'm putting down those who sit and study Torah day and night. People who are very smart people who can make thousands, millions of dollars in business. Instead, they're yeshivish. The and and I speak in a way that puts down the B'nai Torah. Mm-hmm. And And what we do is we hear, we do it ourselves. We speak about these things ourselves. And and we don't realize that we have fed into the narrative of the assimilationists. They want us to put ourselves down. It's much more effective when somebody gets up in a speech and just, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I put this together last minute, sort of yeshivish. The word sort of yeshivish? What are you putting down? What does yeshiva mean? The word yeshiva comes from the word. Yeshiva. I want to sit in the house of Hashem. I'm not going to be in a rush. I'm not running. I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit. I'm going to open a sefer. That's Yeshivish. So what happens? We listen and we don't do anything about it. So we have to protest. We have to stand up. And speak about the little things that are eroding, like a beach where the water erodes the shoreline. Our shoreline is getting eroded. We have to be very proud of being from Jews, and we have to speak about it constantly, (laughs) especially to our children. We have to speak about it so that it's in their heads, that there's never a question when they see. The, the, the non Jewish world uh, out there looking like they're having a good time, we should understand it's, it, it's, uh, it's, as David Amalek says, it sham You see them sprouting, oh, labadik, they're jumping up to destroy them, to eradicate them. There's no more Rome. Rome is a joke, Greece is a joke. The Germans, German finest. It was destroyed three million Jews, three million Germans, more than that, were killed in World War II. But their whole, their, 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 they were separated, they were separated in the East and the West. They were a joke. Even today, people don't buy German because it's almost like a curse word. Because you know what? You fight against the Jewish people. You start up with the Jewish people like dust. Egypt is a joke today. Babylon, what's Babylon? Babel, Babel. It's Iraq. And Iraq is a joke today you start up with the Jews, you, you, you're going to be sorry because all you have is your fancy little clothing. It's a simulation. So, okay, I'll have my latest style. Guess what? Your latest style is next year's old style. So what do you have? I have the fanciest pocketbook. I have the fanciest car. You know what a fancy car is? Rubber, plastic, and metal. Oh, rubber, plastic, metal, so I have rubber plastic metal that I spent one hundred and fifty thousand dollars from my rubber plastic metal because it's got the name of some guy on the back. Mr. Maserati, Muse Maserati, would I know him if I bumped into him in the street? Does he like Jews? Probably hates Jews. So why why am I why am I why am I proud to go around with uh, the with, with Yves Saint Laurent Yves Saint Laurent uh, suit? Who's Mr. Yves Saint Laurent? He probably hates Jews also. So what I need to have. I need to, it should say the, the name of somebody. I said to my, my, my daughter, do- my daughter came in. Oh, she got a nice purse. It said on Kate Spade. Kate Spade. So me, was that Kate Spade? Why should I want to be proud of my Kate Spade? You know, Kate Spade is a lady who two years ago committed suicide. She was so miserable of her life. So wow. you're going you're gonna to dance around. Okay, I got a Kate Spade. Oh, you got somebody who, who hated life so much. She ended it. Look, I'm wow. not judging. Maybe she had mental illness. But why am I proud? I have to tell you the funniest thing. We have another minute for a funny thing? Of course. Uh, For a funny thing, we always have in the Rabbi. (laughs) I I give credit to my son. Told me the story of the Shabbos. He said there was a a bacher. And the bacher, he was not a friendly guy. He was sort of sad, bitter, walked around like a schlump. You know, he just really was antisocial. And he comes back from one, one ben azmanim, from one break, and he comes back And all of a sudden he's smiling, he's friendly, he's happy, he's optimistic, he looks so good, so put together. And as Gavrisa said to him one day, he says, you got to tell me your secret. What's the secret? You went from being a fabissima person, a bitter person, an angry person, and now you're so put together and you're so happy and so optimistic and confident. What's your secret? So the friend says, should I tell you the secret? I'll tell you the secret. The secret is I got an iPhone 13. (laughs) Then my son said, said nobody ever. (laughs) Meaning nobody ever said, oh, you know what changed me in life? I got an iPhone 13. Now I'm changed. Now I'm a happy. No, you know what it is? It it is the advertisers on Madison Avenue that say, be like us. You'll be happier. You get your iPhone 13, then you're going to be happy. You know what? You get it, and two weeks later, it's just another phone sitting in your pocket. Yeah. I get this suit; you look so cool. A week later, the suit's nothing, sitting in your closet. Get these shoes. The goyim, it, the, the, the goyish way is, I can't be happy unless I have. And the Jewish way is, being happy I with the allowance. Appreciate, ivrim, It's why we start each day with appreciation. Because otherwise, I'm going to be like a guy. Goya guy never thinks, oh, I have eyes, I have ears, I have this, I have that. So I have nothing because I don't have the latest iPhone. But we see Sha'asali called Sarghi. What?
0: To be a Yid. Rabbi Klatsko, what chizak, what inspiration, beautiful words. Uh, unfortunately, it is getting uh, late. So we're going to jump to the final message for our broader audience, Rabbi Klatsko. What uh, message would you like to tell, Claudia to our audience?
1: Oh, so, I just want to tell you: you you are lucky, and you should be happy that you were either born Jewish or you converted to Judaism. You found Hashem. The non-Jewish world has nothing to offer of value to the way that we live our lives. We need them. We're going to be their teachers one day. This is true right, where our job is to teach the whole world that there's Hashem, but in terms of happiness and satisfaction and meaning, everything is in Torah, everything, there's nothing. I'm a college rabbi. I circulate amongst the Goyim. All day long, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Berkeley, and I see them, and as, as much as we say, oh, there are problems in the, in the Jewish community, the From community, listen to me, Habibi. This is nothing compared to what's out there. What's out there is a what we call a pach It's disgusting, and it's gross, and it's sad, and it's there's a reason that suicide and that depression is higher than it's ever been, that as far as we know within the secular world, the more they get, the more depressed they get because there's no meaning so if you had a little and there was no meaning, it makes you sad. Imagine if you have much more and there's no meaning in any of it, then you're going to be even more sad because there's more things to have no meaning. <laughs> us, Baruch Hashem, Shabbos reminds us everything is meaning. Everything is created for our purpose. Everything that I do is only to serve Hashem and only to have the most wonderful time being a Jew. Speak about it. Feel good about it. Teach it to your children, and never get weak on this. I promise you, there's nothing out there that is better or happier or more fun than what Hashem and Torah has given us. Nothing.
0: with the powerful message about the amazingness, the greatness of Judaism, and how fun it is, and how great it is. And it's really, really true. Everybody should be a part of it. I hope everyone watching is already part of it. If not, make sure to jump into the van wagon before it's too late. And we want to just thank Rabbi Klatsko once again. Rabbi Klatsko, continue your amazing work, continue inspiring Claudius, continue doing good. We want to thank dailygiving.org for uh, sponsoring and helping many organizations. the dollar a day goes a very far way. Everyone's encouraged to go to dailygiving.org. We'll also give a shout out to Torahanytime.com. They have their big campaign this week. We encourage everyone to help them out as well to continue spreading Torah. And we want to remind everyone every single Tuesday, we have Chazak's Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks. The title was too long, so we started advertising it as Chazak Torah Talks. Just to make it easier for everyone. But uh, we want to thank uh, Rabbi Klatzko. and want to thank all of you for joining. And want to dedicate this share this program for the refresh for the complete recovery of our dear friend Chaim Hillel ben Rifka. You should have Refua'a to dedicate future programs. Please reach out to Chazak as well. And uh, Shem, we'll see each other in the Geula Shlema with the complete redemption. to come spilling their days. Amen, Ve'al,